Welcome back for our final edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Turkin, alongside my partner, Joe Serrera. Joe, uh, we have a state champion that made it back to our reading area. Reedsville captures its 20th state championship. Quite the feat for the football capital of North Carolina. Yeah, that that was an excellent game to watch. Uh, very reminiscent of last year's overtime loss to Wallace Rose Hill. Uh, Reedsville fell behind early. Uh, in this case, it was a fake punt. Uh, snapped to the Elizabeth City Northeastern quarterback, Aaron Harris, who was the up back. He ran for a long touchdown. They went up 14-0. They went up 21-7 at the half. Reedsville kept fighting back, fighting back. They got a little bit of momentum at the end of the first half, took it over in the second half, and won it on a 24-yard field goal by Zach Baber with four seconds to go. Uh, j- just a great performance and some great halftime adjustments by the Rams and their coaches. I mean, it, when you've got a, a staff as strong as they have, Jimmy Teague, the veteran head coach, Doug Morris, his longtime defensive coordinator, Eric Teague, uh, Jimmy's son, former Rams quarterback and offensive coordinator, they did some very, very good things at halftime. They couldn't get their quarterback, Kyle Pinnix, a sophomore, much time to throw in the first half against a very good Elizabeth City Northeastern pass rush. So what do they do? They keep one or two backs in whenever they were going to throw the ball downfield in the second half to chip or or straight up block those defensive ends coming off the edge. Kyle Pinnix gets time to throw. He throws three touchdown passes in the second half. Huge turnaround there. They also use their outstanding running back Travion Canada as a little bit more of a decoy at times in the second half and ran counter plays to uh, junior running back Lionel Long. He went for over 100 yards and most of that was in the second half all on counters where they took advantage of how aggressively Northeastern was coming up field and how they were looking at Travion Canada. Just great adjustments by the staff and great execution by the Reedsville kids to carry it out. Joe, uh, in looking at that game and, and seeing how it all turned out, I, I mean, look, Jimmy Teague has been here before. He has a young team for the most part. Yeah. Uh, is this Reedsville team uh, destined to make a couple more runs at this thing? Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. They they were playing uh, at least 13 sophomores at times this year. Quarterback Kyle Pinnix, who was named uh, the MVP of the championship game, he's a sophomore. Breon Pass, outstanding athlete in general, very good basketball player, but he's maybe their best wide receiver, maybe their best defensive back, averages almost 38 yards on punts. He's a dangerous kick returner. Those are just two of the sophomores that they've got. And they've got some good juniors. Uh, Travion Canada's younger brother, DeMontez, had, had a big touchdown catch in the fourth quarter of that game. He's a junior. He also had a big interception in their comeback win over Brevard in the regional final. You know, they're, they're not going anywhere. And even if they didn't have this loaded junior class or sophomore class and some juniors, it's Reedsville football. They're always going to have kids coming up through the program. And by the time those kids are ready for varsity football, they are really ready. They've been prepared. They've been in the same system for years, from middle school on. We're going to see Reedsville playing for, for multiple state championships over the next few years. It's three years in a row that they've been in the championship game. Won two of them, lost the other one in overtime. I, I, I think five five years uh, in a row of playing for state championships, to me, is definitely within reach. And it's Reedsville, so maybe more. Now, the other game that featured a team from our uh, readership area was uh, Southeast Guilford's 
game didn't go the same way as Reedsville. Uh, what did you see from the Falcons on Friday night? Well, just as was the case, especially in the playoffs this year with that team, but in general, they didn't quit. They they were down 14 nothing pretty quickly against a very good Matthews Weddington team that uh, was in the state championship game for the third time in six years and now has two titles to show for it. Uh, they fell behind early. They got hit with some long pass plays and one of the receivers for Weddington, James Shipley, a senior. He was the MVP of the state championship game two years ago as a sophomore when Weddington beat Eastern Guilford, which had current Southeast Guilford coach Kennedy Tinsley as its offensive coordinator. He was the MVP in that game. He was the MVP again on Friday night at Keenan Stadium. The Falcons just couldn't cover him. I I wish I had been we had been able to see that Falcons team with Trey Caldwell in the secondary. He's the kind of guy who could have made a difference covering James Shipley. Not not that not a knock on the other Falcons defensive backs, but when you've got a kid like Trey who's going to Appalachian State, he suffered an ACL injury late in the game against Southern Alamance. He was with them every practice, every game the rest of the way for support for being an extra coach on the field. But boy, they could have used him in the secondary. I think it definitely would have made a difference against Shipley. And they fought back. 27-14 was the final. And, you know, the the Falcons never quit in that game. But despite the loss, a really, really good season for Southeast Guilford football. Their first appearance in a true state championship game in the school's history. And they had a very good senior class. But I, I think that's a program that might be back in the next few years. Well, Joe, uh, just looking back on the season as a whole, uh, do you want to take a couple minutes to just reflect on on the year uh, in high school football around the area? Yeah, I, I think we knew going into this season that, that it was not going to be the kind of year that we had in 2016 where we had four teams playing for state championships at the end of the season. I, I don't think anyone thought we would have, have that kind of a year. A year or two from now, yeah, I think we could see that happening. We, we've talked all year about what a loaded sophomore class there is in the area, and I think those kids are only going to get better and may get us back in a year or two to more than two teams playing for state championships. But it was it was a weird year to me in that we did not have a lot of outstanding players at the skill positions. Uh, quarterback class was solid, but... Only only three or four running backs who went over a thousand yards. No receivers in the area with more than a thousand yards in the air. And in this era of spread offenses and throw the football around, that's very unusual. I think we were a little bit down there, but boy, we have some really really good defensive linemen in this in this uh, group this year and linebackers. And uh, to give people a little preview, that will be reflected in our all area team. And you can tell people a little bit about when that's going to appear, Spencer. Yeah, Joe, uh, all area football will run on Christmas Day as usual. It uh, is the gift that we leave under the tree every year for our high school football fans around the region. Uh, The online content will go live Saturday. Yeah. So you can go ahead and keep refreshing and uh, clicking and letting us know when it finally hits the web. But uh, it will go online sometime Saturday. And. Tweet at us. Let us know what you think. At Turkin35, at Joe Serrera, NR. Uh, we're always interested to, to hear what you guys think of uh, of our teams. Uh, the uh, While we're on the high school podcast, though, uh, we'll go ahead and let everybody else know that the Olympic sport uh, fall all-area teams will go live 
uh, on Friday afternoon. And right now, boys' soccer will run on Christmas Eve in the paper, and volleyball will run the day after Christmas in the paper. And the other teams are still to be determined on when they'll be printed. Yeah, this is this is a big time of year for for all the fall sports high school athletes. We wish we could have gotten the non-football teams out earlier, but when football season got pushed back a week and everything that was involved with that. It made it difficult to compile the teams any earlier than we did. Uh, we also had a little trouble in a few cases of, of getting all the information we needed from some coaches. Uh, we appreciate the help of those who did help us out on that, but it, it's a challenge sometimes at this time of year, especially when uh, teams' seasons are done, to get the coaches and and uh, get the information we need from them. But overall for the year, I, I think it was a pretty solid year for the area. I think there were, there were a few surprises, a few disappointments. I think Southeast getting to a state championship game was a little bit of a surprise that that three double a east bracket was very very difficult was really loaded with good teams and it says a lot about their program that they were able to come through that bracket and get to the championship game uh i can't remember i guess 2014 was the last year that page did not win at least one playoff game you know they had a they had a bit of a tough a tough year with uh, having to forfeit three games because of ineligible players in uniform. Uh, they came back, won the Metro 4A, had a first round bye, and then dropped a one point decision to uh, Porter Ridge from Indian Trail. And with an extra week off facing a team that runs triple option, which you don't see much anymore. That was a tough draw for the Pirates, but I, I think they, they have to be a little bit disappointed with where they were. Dudley had a little bit of a disappointing regular season, but got on a roll in the playoffs. Beat some good teams on the road. Uh, lost in the third round to that Southeast Guilford team in a game that Dudley led 12-0 at halftime. Lost 21-18. The regular season a disappointment, but a good playoff run, and that Dudley team should be much stronger next year. There are an awful lot of good underclassmen on that team. You know, those, to me, were the kind of the highlights and the things that stood out to me about this season in the area. Uh, one other thing that we need to mention that you alluded to is that the future uh, is almost here, and especially in the trenches on defensive line. Uh, the big programs are starting to make their way through and drop offers. Yeah, uh, Peyton Page, sophomore defensive tackle from Dudley, uh, 6'3", 315, and he can move and he makes plays every game behind the line of scrimmage. He uh, picked up an Alabama offer uh, this week. Uh, he previously had offers from another a number of other big programs, uh, Penn State being one. Uh, I, I know you had seen some of the other offers that he had, Spencer. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, just all all over the country, and, and really, it's it's one of those things where you you're starting to see that. Uh, te- I mean, Texas A and M was in first on him. Yes, <laughs> when when A and M is the first program to come in and offer. Now it does help that at the time, uh, Coach Brewster was there. Now he's with Carolina, um, but you, you look at, at, at what's been going on, and, and Peyton Page is no secret. Right, and we've got another outstanding defensive lineman at Southwest Guilford for the Cowboys. Defensive end, Miles Murphy, who runs about 6'4", 6'5", 250. Uh, a defensive end who comes hard off the edge, is difficult to block. He's got offers from Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State. He's got all the big programs already. He's only a junior. Both of those young men are going to be back one for one more year, one for two more years. And again, as you said, they are an indicator of the kind of talent that we've got in the junior and sophomore classes coming the next couple of years. And 
we're not the only ones seeing it. As, as you noted, the, the big boys are coming in and offering these kids scholarships. It'll be interesting to see if the coaching change at North Carolina with Mac Brown coming in there has an impact on those young men. If, if that makes them look harder at North Carolina and NC State and some of the other in-state programs, you know, or whether these are kids that are going to go out of state, but boy, they've got the offers. And if you're being offered by Alabama as a defensive lineman or Ohio State, you know that you are among the best in the country. Uh, not even a question, and uh, it's going to be exciting because uh, there are other guys that are coming up uh, that are also probably going to garner some attention like this. The trenches are going to be a very interesting place the next couple of years here in the triad. Uh, skill position-wise, uh, might take a step back, but we're going to see some of the best linemen to come out of this area probably since DJ Reader. Yeah, this is a very strong group. I think we've got some sophomore quarterbacks this year who going forward could could be playmakers and and can make some things happen. But, yeah, up front is where the action is going to be, and that may impact the offensive stats for a lot of the teams in the area. When you've got great guys up front, especially on the defensive line, you're going to have lower scoring games, and the stats may not be quite as impressive, but the talent certainly is impressive. certainly is. Well, that will do it for this uh, edition, the final edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk podcast for football. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in all season long and following along with all of our coverage. Of course, we invite you to stay tuned to hsextra.com as uh, we continue to pump out high school coverage throughout the rest of the athletics year. Uh, Joe, I'm sure that we will either do a preview or, uh, or post uh, a wrap-up podcast from the uh, the Hayco definitely. and uh, a couple other uh, pop-up podcasts. So uh, definitely stay tuned. Uh, keep checking hsextra.com, and uh, we'll have full continued coverage. So for my partner, Joe Serrera, I'm Spencer Turkin saying so long, and we'll talk to you next time.